0: Hi, this is Kathy Roo, your liberal Sherpa, here to guide you through our hashtag quarantined life, our coronavirus life, our new normal life, our social distancing life, our mask wearing life, our, oh my gosh, the list goes on. But don't fear, your liberal Sherpa is here and I've always guided you. I'm not going to fail you now. Enjoy this podcast. Hi, this is Kathy Roo liberal sherpa a journalist um you've seen me on tv probably last few years so um yeah as a journalist i really don't believe what i read or what I see very often. So I like to go straight to the horse's mouth. And uh, today I'd like to bring a couple of those horses straight to you. Um, Joseph Imperatrice, who is right now a police officer on the streets in the middle of the riots going on, the protest slash riots going on in New York City. And he's working, I think every night. And I've invited Carl Higby to the conversation. He's a Navy SEAL. He served our country. He's a veteran. It's, it's almost like a few people are asking uh, on social media, is, is this a war zone? Are we living in a war zone? So I thought it would be fascinating to have someone who actually served our country in, in war zones to talk to an officer right now who may compare what's happening here to a war zone. What's happening in our country? I'm currently in South Florida but it's happening in all my cities, Miami, Atlanta, uh, DC, Tallahassee, just places I love, Chicago. Um, So I was on uh, my WhatsApp app on my phone and someone from Holland asked me four days ago, uh, what happened to George Floyd? And that's when I realized the whole world is watching us. America has its cities burning. And I thought we need to talk about this. Is this a domino effect, as um, Governor Cuomo has said? Is this a result of uh, weeks of having um, COVID in our lives and restrictions? Uh, Does the mayor of Atlanta sum it up? Uh, Does she sum up so many people's feelings? And there's uh, the president's telling um, a story on his Twitter feed, which you could read. I'm not going to read. But here's, uh, here's a quick clip from the mayor of Atlanta, and let's see what our guests today have to say about it.
1: Um, Let me just speak to what's happening here today. Um, Above everything else, I am a mother. I am a mother to four black children in America, one of whom is 18 years old. And when I saw the murder, of George Floyd. I hurt like a mother would hurt. And on yesterday when I heard there were rumors about violent protests in Atlanta, I did what a mother would do. I called my son and I said, where are you? I said, I cannot protect you and black boys shouldn't be out today. So you're not gonna out concern me and out care about where we are in America. I wear this each and every day and I pray over my children each and every day. So what I see happening on the streets of Atlanta is not Atlanta. This is not a protest. This is not in the spirit of Martin Luther King Jr. This is chaos. A protest has purpose. When Dr. King was assassinated, we didn't do this to our city. So if you love this city, this city that has had a legacy of black mayors and black police chiefs, and people who care about this city, where more than 50% of the business owners in Metro Atlanta are minority business owners, If you care about this city, then go home. And pray that somebody like Reverend Beasley will come and talk to you and give you some instructions on what a protest should look like and how you effectuate change in America. This police chief made a video on yesterday, pull it up on YouTube where she said she was appalled to watch the murder of George Floyd. This woman did that. You're not honoring the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. and the civil rights movement. You're not protesting anything running out with brown liquor in your hands, breaking windows in this city. T.I. and Killer Mike own half the West Side. So when you burn down this city, you're burning down our community. If you want change in America, go and register to vote. Show up at the polls on June 9th. Do it in November. That is the change we need in this country. You are disgracing our city. You are disgracing the life of George Floyd and every other person who has been killed in this country. We are better than this. We're better than this as a city. We are better than this as a country. Go home. Go home. In the same way I can protect my son on yesterday, I cannot protect you out in those streets. You're throwing knives at our police officers. You are burning cars. You have to face the CNN building. Ted Turner started CNN in Atlanta 40 years ago because he believed in who we are as a city. There was a black reporter who was arrested on camera this morning, who works for CNN. They are telling our stories and you are disgracing their building. This is not the legacy of civil rights in America. This is chaos and we're buying into it. This won't change anything. We're no longer talking about the murder of an innocent man. We're talking about how you're burning police cars on the streets of Atlanta, Georgia. Go home.
0: Okay, that was the mayor of Atlanta, um, Mayor Lance Bottoms. Her speech has been um, seen quite a few times. Uh, We have many cities burning. Uh, Across the United States, are we in a war zone? What's happening? What's this? Is the mayor correct? How do people feel? I took some questions, and I'm going to ask our guest. So, let me get them on the line. Hello. Hey, Carl Higby.
2: Yo, what's happening? Let uh, Let me get your guy in. Our guy. Okay. All
0: right. Hold on. All right. So glad he knows how to do three way calling. It's twenty twenty and I don't know how to do three way calling. I got you. Thank you. I knew you would. All right. You got him?
3: We should have everyone.
0: Joseph, you there?
3: Yes, I am, good morning.
0: Hey, hi. Okay, so uh Carl Higby, uh former Navy SEAL, um Trump. But I don't know, Carl, how do I say everything properly about you? There's so much. Just super MAGA. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, the man, too. The man, the legend. And then this is uh, Joseph Imperatrice, who's the founder of Blue Lives Matter NYC. And um, also, no, neutral, right? Joseph, neutral. Yep, I try my best. Yeah, NYPD. Uh, did you um yeah so it's interesting to have the three together because um I I actually asked people to ask questions and they submitted questions for Carl asking him about wars cuz he's fought um what what war Carl I don't want to say the wrong years or anything.
2: Uh, I was in Iraq a few times.
0: Iraq a few times. Okay, Iraq a few times. So people submitted questions and then they want they actually compared it to like NYPD and, and our, our cops in this country, it's now like small war zones.
2: Uh, oh, in the last 48 hours, for sure. You, you guys have been on the front lines of some of the most difficult, you know, overseas. We can, you know, we see a bad guy with a gun, we can just shoot him. Oh, back here, you guys are dealing with uh, American citizens. God forbid you have to make a, a
3: life or death decision like that. I can't imagine being put in your shoes right now. Yeah, be, listen, being at work last night and, uh, In the beginning, of course. I think this may be the first time in the history of the United States that everyone was on the same page with the incident that happened to Mr. Floyd. Everyone agreed that that was something that should have never happened. It was inhumane. It was unexcusable and and there's no answers to say why an individual would do that. I think for the first time we can all agree on that. The justice system within, what, 72 hours made an arrest. Now, for anyone that's listening and right away people, Kathy, we've seen on TV and call, you know, I think you'll agree with me. Right away, as soon as the incident happens, people want handcuffs put on somebody, right? Police officer or not. But from a law enforcement standpoint, to be able to build a case such as trying to put a murder charge on somebody, there's so much that goes into it. People might say, Joe, that's BS, that's nonsense. No, it's the truth. Because it starts from the first second the video or incident is released to getting the... All the evidence possible to be able to have a chance of actually prosecuting someone for it. And if you do it wrong the first time, there's no way of going back. And that's how mistrials happen. That's how unacquittals happen. And nobody realizes that. So for 72 hours to arrest somebody for a murder charge is absolutely incredible. That's expedited beyond belief. And... For people to start attacking the president of the United States, saying it's his fault, he's the one that came out and said, expedite it, do it now. Unlike President Obama, who I have much respect for, but was inciting violence and riots and just letting things happen. Now, last night, there is no – this is not a protest, and I can't sugarcoat it anymore because I was at work. I experienced it. I had to hear the radio all night long. There is no such thing as a protest. This is anarchy. Absolute anarchy. Anarchy. I hate seeing the mayor of New York, and I respect everyone in politics and their position, but him, you have the Speaker of the House, you have AOC condemning the police officer, saying that the majority of of the people protesting are peaceful. Where are those groups? There's hundreds of people out there. You're going to tell me if five people in that group aren't throwing a bottle or lighting a police car on fire, that's peaceful? That is not peaceful. And no matter what background, religious, belief, this is endangering everyone, not just in New York City nationwide, and it needs to stop right away because it's gone way too far. Well,
2: you know, Joe, actually, I saw an awesome... uh... Picture, which was there was a bunch of protests I believe it was in Minneapolis, and there was a number of people in the and they were they were black men that were in the crowd that had found a police officer that had been separated from his his line. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I mean that was and you you, like look there there are a lot of bad apples in these protests, but there are some people that are not bad apples in it and. I, it, this was something to that to their testament where they had formed a human wall around this police yeah. officer, and I thought that was a really powerful moment. I wish people would see that more than the, you know, burning buildings and things
3: like that. Correct, and, and the thing that people need to realize, too, is This isn't just African-American individuals in a group, which people are trying to make it seem. It's white individuals. It's all different individuals, and I get it. When you want to protest and prove a point, we should come together. But this has nothing to do with it. And what people also don't see, don't hear, don't understand is, yes, some people, quote-unquote, protesting are from these communities. But many are bust in from other states to be uh, professional agitators, and to go out of their way to make it look like something that it's not. It's complete
0: acting. Is that true? Because is, is that true, Joseph? Because that's like ru- like people think it's rumors. Is it true from what you saw that they're being bussed in? Absolutely,
3: one thousand percent true. They bust each other in. They come in. I believe the two females that tossed the Mazel Tov cocktail inside the police van and lit it on fire weren't even from New York City. They were from outside the city. Wow. There's no reason why. First of all, if this happened in Minneapolis, right, why are we protesting in L.A.? Why are we protesting in New York and Detroit if the individual is already arrested? You want justice? It's not like this guy's staying home. He's on the run. He's behind the bars. You know, Kathy, what bothers me is bail reform, and I know people might listen and say, well, how does that tie in? Well, this is humanity that we're talking about. Bail reform let out people that murdered people, right? People that were behind the wheel intoxicated that ran over and killed families. We have rapists, we have burglars, we have robbers that were let back onto the street to continue doing crimes in all of our neighborhoods. Once again, we need to step back. doesn't matter, Republican, Democrat, white, black, all of our neighborhoods, but where is Where's the unrest? Where's all this anarchy that they're they're putting in these neighborhoods where poor people have been out of work because of COVID? They have businesses that they can't go to, and they're destroying windows. They were looting a liquor store in Chicago. People were going in by the droves taking alcohol out of stores. What the hell does that have to do with making America better and trying to get justice for an individual that isn't here anymore? It doesn't make sense. There's no excuse for it. If
2: I owned a business, front man, and somebody broke into my business, I'd be down there with a shotgun ready to defend it.
0: Okay, so that's the, you know, difference. This is the
3: problem. This, this is going to lead to civil wars. We're we're causing it amongst ourselves. This this isn't right, and it, it, we have to find a solution.
0: Okay, well then that's that's one thing. So then Carl said, so so I don't know any. So I don't know your worlds. I watched a journalist where you had a journalist who lost her eye. In Minneapolis, the first night, um, fellow uh, Fox um, journalists were actually, did you see that the, from the Shannon Bream show on Friday night? They were attacked and I yep. actually had tears because I'm sharing a screen with that um, with the reporter that was attacked in front of the White House. Um, they 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 beat him up. They had to form like a line, the four of them, you know, because they've covered. They've been in. Yeah, um, yeah they've been over, you know, to the Middle East, and he compared. Yeah, the cops
2: it are losing their lives right now, trying to trying to keep these things squelched. Journalists
0: are, are getting ledger, believe,
3: shot. In the last couple days, killed. Yep. And yeah. this and this has to do with a direct result, and this begins with the Obama administration of the lack of support. And, and appreciation and respect for law enforcement. And when you give an inch, people take a yard. And when you build that up for nearly how many years now? Eleven? You know, it's kind of hard, even with President Trump or anyone in office, to try to take that back. And It's almost impossible. It takes more than ten years to try to reverse all of that. And this is a culmination of it. You know, unless these individuals, these four cops, are literally hung from the middle of Times Square for all to see these people aren't going to be happy, and that's not a solution. These aren't normal-thinking individuals. They're not. They're not like the three of us on this call. They're not like the people going to work every day. They're not the, the typical people trying to raise up, upbringing, young, good boys and girls. These aren't the people we're dealing with. We're dealing with irrational individuals. Over 40—this is just one police department—over 40 NYPD vehicles have been vandalized, have been put on fire— The mayor of New York was complaining two, three weeks ago that we have no money. Now people are looting and rioting. Those cars probably go for $75,000 each for that agency. We're looking at over a million dollars' worth of damage, trying to take on the 88 precinct over in Brooklyn the other night, blocking the street with 800 people so that ambulances couldn't go over to police officers trying to keep people safe that were injured. The worst thing that Minnesota could have done is have their third precinct pretty much surrender with the right flag and just abandon ship. On the, on the first or second night, I believe it was the second night, because yeah, that I mean, set a the tone boss. for the nation. That set the tone for the nation. That wow, they're giving up a police precinct. Let's go in there now, set it on fire. And how do you do that? Go into a uh, the the parking lot of a police precinct and vandalize and break the windows of police cars. How the hell is this remotely okay? And I don't want to hear extreme people say, "Well, we we deserve it," and you're not hearing us. That is nonsense.
2: It comes from a generation, though my generation like i'm 37 so i'm technically a millennial um, it, it comes from a generation of kids of everyone who's had no discipline your parents have wrapped them in bubble wrap and they've received a trophy for everything and they've never been told no and that's what we're seeing was we're seeing this you know somehow my outrage my level of outrage justifies my level of destruction which is bullshit i don't know if i can say that but i'm just like i, I get so annoyed because the fact these people are just like hey yeah let's um but let's go ahead and burn something down. But riots aren't
0: new. Years. Carl, riots aren't new. I mean, there, there's been rioting. I, I mean, look back in the yeah, 60s. It wasn't right then. What it, what it,
2: it, and it's definitely...
0: Uh, well, I'm not saying it's right. What they were. I'm not saying it's right, but I mean, the, uh, we've had protests lead to riots. We had... Uh, Malcolm X versus, you know, Martin Luther King. The the you know, the protest versus King writing. Locked arms
3: and peacefully protested. That guy never threw a bolt off cocktail in of his life. Uh, You yeah, know what the difference is, which, which I'm sick and tired of. People are so easy to quote American history, but nobody wants to make American history. And I'm gonna put it out there, and I haven't said nothing yet, but, you know, the sat down in advance, you know, my hometown, and you know, I go on Fox a lot and whatnot, and they're really good, but lately the advance kind of been trying to bait me with this whole situation, right? And in the beginning, and I'll come flat out, on the 26th, when this is just developing, there's one video. Now, I wasn't there. I don't know what the hell happened. I don't have the information. I can't come out and take either side. You know, all I did was like Kathy said. I tried being peaceful. I said in the beginning, nobody resisting is not good. You know, anyone resisting is never good. It's never good for the police officer nowadays, and it's not good for the person resisting, right? So it sucks when it happens because no one should be put in that situation. But. People act a certain way, and unfortunately, when you're in uniform, just like when, you know, in the military, there comes a point that you have to take a stand, and you took an oath, and you have to do something. And I also said that, listen, we don't know the facts. I, I can't come out and say that Mr. Floyd was a bad guy, that he deserved anything whatsoever. You know, I can't go on the other side and call him a bad guy. But also, even though the video looks horrendous, I can't come out and just start criticizing the cops either, even though he looked dead to rights. So I said, let's let... The evidence come out because it's going to come. (laughs) Something like this, that crystal clear, within a day or two, we're going to have it. Well, I can keep for that. You always get to the bottom of it. I mean, look, look,
2: Michael Brown, it turned out, was completely justified shooting and People tore the to pieces over it. And, you know, it's it's a a crappy situation no matter what what the outcome was, no matter who's accountable. But, you know, like people are just like you said, they just want people hanging from, you know, skyscrapers and
3: in town, you know, Times Square in order to feel happy or something. Yeah, yeah, and, and getting back to the advance, they reached out as a follow-up, and I just said, this poor guy should never lose his life, but that doesn't give people the right to be anarchists and stop burning down cities. And I actually reached out. I said, listen, I'm willing to stand with the leaders of Black Lives Matter to hold a candlelight vigil that we should be doing to show the world that we can come together and make things better. And their response, listen to me, like anyone out there, no BS, this was their response. His members, and correction, I don't have members, it's just people that you know, follow and appreciate law enforcement, but his members wore, I can breathe shirts during the Eric Garner incident. These people do not have any intentions on making this better. I extend my hand to a group of people that are going out there terrorizing the world and say, listen, let's stand side by side and come together once and for all. They don't want it. This isn't about making things better. It's about having issues to go out there and just cause hell. And that's what people need to realize. We need to stop sugarcoating things just – Sooner or later, things like this, just like in 2014, led to the deaths of Rainbow Salu in New York City from a guy that came from Baltimore because of all the goddamn protests. This isn't right. It leads to more cops being killed, more innocent people in neighborhoods being hurt. We can't sugarcoat it. There's no excuse for it. And the leadership is very poor in a lot of these cities. And they need to step up, you know, bring in the National Guard, set the tone and say, no, you want to come and, and bring violence? Well, we're going to meet you with the same amount of force and you're not going to like it. But that's yeah, when they well. start crying. The same people that are throwing these Molotov cocktails and chanting and hitting storefronts with bats, they're the same people that cry the second that they get punched in the face after they just throw a brick at a police officer. These are the same people we're dealing with. And, and that's what people out there and viewers of all stations have to realize that they're not good people.
0: But doesn't all the don't all the leaders have to get on the same page, and we don't. We have everyone's so divided. I mean, the I thought the 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 leader of Atlanta, the mayor of Atlanta, gave a beautiful speech, told everyone to just go home, to stop. She told everyone to stop and go home. But then Trump came out and gave a few tweets that said the Democratic mayors don't know what they're saying. She told everyone well, to go problem, home. The
3: problem is is these people, it's nice to be a leader in front of a podium. And play the diplomat and say, hey, guys, just go home, call it a day. We have to take into consideration for three months people are cooped in their house from COVID. There's a warm weather. There's tension built up that they just want to leave their house to begin with. And then this stuff happens, and there's people that are kind of loose in the head that take yeah. it for granted. And nobody is going to listen in, in 2020. Nobody, just because a leader comes out and says, please stay in, you and I might do it, you know, because we're, near me, you know, the three of us might do it, but no, these no, individuals no. are not going to listen, you know, at, at all. A, a leader needs to come out and say, listen, we're not going to tolerate this. You know, the next time this even, you even think of doing this,
0: all hands on deck. But none all of them have done it, though. But matter. none of the leaders have done it, though. We haven't seen it. Nope. If, if Trump and this woman would stand hand in hand and say the exact same thing, that would be really, really nice. And they're they're not doing it. Right, yeah. I mean, they're not. The three of us can do it, but not everyone's listening to the three of us all the time. So, you know, what,
3: you know, not has to be done. And, and and this is something that you know people can take however they want. There needs to be a fine line between respect and fear when it comes to law enforcement. Not that police officers are gonna terrorize you or hurt you, but. I respected my father but I also feared that if I did something wrong and you guys will probably understand that too coming from the error we grew up in. You know, if my dad caught me doing something bad, I'm like, Oh man, he's gonna kick me in my butt or I'm gonna be stuck. Yep. I'm gonna have my Playstation taken away But there's the fear of not being able to live a normal life because I messed up. That's but, what needs to happen with policing once again. Yeah, and like look, I have no problem if if the police officers got online and
2: said, This is the line here, you cross this line. You're going to jail. You resist arrest, you will be dealt with accordingly. And if you threaten our lives, we will end yours.
0: And I don't, I don't, right? okay, I don't want to, like, Joseph, I don't want to say, but is it scary? I mean, are you guys, are you guys nervous? Like going out. I've
3: been I've been anxious and sick to my stomach since day one because when I saw this incident, number one, I said not again. When I saw the video and the I Can't Breathe and living in New York City, I I said not again. But then I also knew that there were people waiting in the dark for an opportunity like this yeah. to go out there and cause havoc like this is Gotham. And uh, I was so nervous, It's number one, just like you, Kathy, you've had it before, right? You go on the news, and there's some nuts out there. There's people that send you some crazy messages, and you're like, oh my goodness, there's people that may follow you. With me being blue lives, the opposite, I'm a police officer trying to shine a light and bring the community and police together, but yet sometimes you have to condemn police for doing things wrong but a lot of times police are condemned for doing the right thing and there's a lot of people that will easily show up or come after you and um yeah you know what i mean I'm, I'm i am anxious not just for myself but my fellow brothers and sisters nationwide um it's not an easy time you know and and i know this isn't going to last just one or two nights and it, it's definitely scary the world that we're
0: living in it's been five five nights now though do like is it gonna are they predicting same thing tonight is it over
3: and over. This is almost like Occupy Wall Street where this was going to be a couple of days, but then it just ended up dragging out. And uh, like I said, people are and not only being cooped up from COVID, but go back and look at Times Square, right? There's not one store that's open right now. That is such a target for people to just go and start throwing bricks through windows and looting in Times Square. If that happens, you know, we pretty much borderline lost the city. And that needs to stop way before it even thinks about beginning. So the the city of New York, the other 49 states and the territories, they have a lot of work to do, and there needs to be a tone in a president sent right away that we're not doing this. Go back to Giuliani. You threw one bottle, the guy was arrested. You know, the second bottle, the guy was arrested. But every time, the level of force went up because the person resisted more and more. There was no third bottle thrown because people knew, wow, these cops, they're not not playing around, and this mayor's not playing around. And until you come out and, and the leader says, you know, the gloves are off. Cops do what you got to do. You know what I mean? It, it, it's 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 going to be bad.
0: Yeah, well, Giuliani. I mean, he brought Disney to to Times Square, so that kind of summed that one up. It's like remember Times Square was a disaster, and Giuliani got Disney there. So, yeah. so I mean, who would think Disney would be t- in Times Square? So, okay, let me let me ask you questions before I lose both of you because you're busy dudes. Okay, you ready, Carl? I thought this was really interesting. Someone wrote this in for, for you. They're saying, I'm wondering how Carl, who has seen destruction in other countries during war, feels about seeing American citizens being so destructive to their own cities like Minneapolis, New York City, L.A., Atlanta, etc. And that's from Mall uh, at FET 235. What do you say to that?
2: I mean, it is just like I, I looked at those pictures of downtown Minneapolis where it did look like Fallujah. And I'm thinking, I'm like, are we in a third world war? I mean, this this it's getting to a point now where, you know, like Joe was saying, it's it's been allowed, so therefore people are escalating and pushing the envelope more and more. You know, when people act like opponents and terrorists, it is time to treat them like opponents and terrorists. And if they continue to do that, uh, you know, it needs to be met with heavy consequences. And look, if you take a Molotov cocktail or a brick and throw it at a person. That is, I, I would say with 100% that you, if you went to court after shooting somebody for throwing a Molotov cocktail on you, you would be fine. And I don't want to go there, but you have to go there at this point because it's, these people are, are basically doing lawlessness, felonious things without pressure. I mean, there, there's no consequences for it. So they, I see this overseas, and unless we wanted to let our country devolve into these third world war-torn countries... We got to nip this in the bud, just like Joe was saying, because it, it's getting bad and its I don't see it getting any better until we start cracking down on these people, so and especially not letting them to bust in from other areas.
0: So is Joseph like, a, is he now a, a, a soldier? Is he like, is he a soldier in our country? Do you see him that way? Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Oh,
2: he's a soldier in our country with more restrictive rules of engagement than I ever had to deal with.
0: He doesn't have the the rules of war. He has other rules he has to go by that I don't understand. Really, I don't know your. I don't know the rules of war. Just the ones yeah, I've read.
2: Al Qaeda doesn't have constitutional liberties, and if we saw them with a gun, we shot them in
3: their place. And here, he you ad- can't do that here in America. No. The, the problem is with policing nowadays is pretty much you have to be. I don't want to use the term fired upon, but you have to have some kind of physical altercation happen against an officer before an officer can feel safe enough and confident enough that they can do their job. So it's more, it's not more, it is a reactive and not proactive form of policing nowadays. And that's why, and you won't hear the leaders or the top brass or chief say that's why cops are getting injured, but they are because they second-guess themselves. Now, I was very proud to see a lot of police officers in the NYPD as always done it better than anywhere else. You know, I might be biased, but the second people started and and it makes me proud because they can't stand there anymore because this is bad. When you're surrounded by 800 people and there's only 100 cops, you know, you're outnumbered. But the second things came their way, the cops went out there and, you know, it kind of did look like a scene from 300. But those good Officers are protecting the city, are protecting the nation. God God forbid any of these individuals get into a house and start terrorizing little kids, start beating up innocent women, or go into someone's room and start vandalizing their house while they're home. You know, that's not the world that we should be living in. And cops need to set the tone. You know, it kind of goes out the window nowadays when they bring this level of force. This is life and death. When you try taking a police precinct, you light up a police car. You're trying to drag a cop in in um, Chicago. They were trying to drag a female cop away from her partner and beat her in a mob of people. You can't stand there and say, "Ma'am, sir," that goes out the window. You know, police chiefs and executives might not like what I have to say, but the patrol guy goes out the window when it's survival of your life, when it's survival of the fittest. You know, it's. It's got to be done as bad as it sounds. It has to be done because it is that bad in the streets. This is is. no exaggeration. It is a war zone. I feel like I'm in a third world country. There's nothing worse. And I don't know how the communication is overseas. And um, if you guys have like, you know, radios like we do, you know, I I doubt it. You know, your communication is probably much different. But to hear police officer come over the air screaming for their life saying that they're surrounded that people are throwing last night i heard it people were trying to light police cars on fire with police officers inside of it
0: no yeah
3: this 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 isn't this isn't stuff you're hearing no one's telling you this there comes a point where you have to fight back that there is no oh my god sir ma'am please stop oh Cory Johnson saying the de-escalation you know what you're the Speaker of the House. You think you know so much? Let's swear him in as police officer. Let's put him in a uniform, right, so he's not Corey Johnson anymore. Yeah, let's, let's put uh, him on the front lines let's have and have, him, stare down the other, the other have line. him de-escalate. And then when he gets a brick thrown at him, and when people tell telling him to go F himself, and when people are lighting things on fire, and he comes back and says, Wow, you know, you guys were right. Well, maybe, maybe miraculously he turns around and calms the crowd down and we were doing something wrong. But you know what? Come stand in our shoes for a night before you start tweeting and putting nonsense out, inciting more violence, because that's what it does. I say it over and over in my interviews, people stand, political leaders stand in front of a podium, spew hate and nonsense that is not true, and people believe it, and they go out and act on it, and that is what is happening firsthand, especially in New York City right
0: now. Have you ever yeah,
3: seen I mean, it? I always say that it's like a generation of people who haven't been punched in the face,
2: and they just they just realize that you know they're not on the internet anymore when these things get real. And you know, if you've never been in that situation, if you've never looked down the barrel of a gun, if you've never been on the receiving end of a Molotov cocktail, you can't, you cannot say it any way, shape, or form how you would react in that scenario. And when we get these armchair quarterback, knucklehead politicians who know nothing about getting punched in the face, tell me that we're, you know, oh, you're, you're too, the police officers are too violent. These guys are being cornered with with weapons, uh, you know, pound sand.
0: And have you ever seen it like that, Joseph? Uh, have you ever seen this before in the city? Uh, during
3: the Ferguson, well, well the same thing with Occupy Wall Street. I even go back to them. That was, you won't hear it, but they were not nice people. You know, it might have looked like encampments and, all oh, peace, love, and happiness. And No, that wasn't true. There were people doing massive amounts of drugs. They were raping one another. They were robbing from one another. And every single person that went out there had a different agenda. No one was on the same page. Yesterday kind of reminded me of the same thing, except with a ton more violence. There was some guy I saw on, on the news holding up a sign, talking about sexism. And what the hell does that have to do with a gentleman that lost his life in Minnesota? Absolutely nothing. And it goes to show that people don't even know what they're fighting for. You have an individual where the law, the legal system is doing what it has to. He's incarcerated. He wasn't he was remanded. He wasn't let that loose. They got him. He's in jail in a cell right now. The guy that caused this, put away off the streets to ravage anyone else. And yet people are out there causing harm because they don't know what they're fighting for. Because if they were They'd be holding candlelight vigils in honor of the individual that passed away, and trying to say, you know what, this needs to stop. And one other thing that people won't talk about is many people die by the hands of police every single year. Whether we want to say it, it's uh, you know within the scope of their authority, whether it's abuse of authority, that can be debated on each situation. But yearly, factually anyone can fact check me, white individuals are killed at a higher pace than any other nationality out there. And what is very wrong is we have individuals and African-Americans that go up there, and in front of the camera, you would believe that they're the only type of human being that's being hunted by officers. And that is the furthest from the truth. It doesn't make it right. I'm not condoning anything by any means. But it's a false narrative. People can look it up. By the hundreds, the whites outnumber being being in interactions and losing their lives. So this needs to stop. It's a fake narrative that causes we create racism. Racism does not exist. We create it. Bias exists, and that's we have to realize. If we want a solution, let's make it happen. But going out there and terrorizing neighborhoods that's not that's not fixing anything.
0: So uh, well, I think Cuomo had said it is a domino effect of uh, you like you said from COVID to now. It's three months of. People being cooped up, wearing masks, empty stores. Lives have been turned upside down. People have lost their jobs. Uh, it, it, everyone was afraid of what was gonna what was gonna happen. Everyone was saying the looting's gonna happen. Um, Mr. Floyd, he he died. It's horrible. But it's isn't it? Don't you think it? The volume's turned way way up given the circumstances our country was under.
3: It is, but you know what? Other than being physically assaulted by someone, we kind of have a chance, right? With you get into a fight, say a high school fight, right? At least it's, you're toe to toe. So. You have some shot, whether you're the underdog or not. But I don't know if anyone out there has experienced a a crime where someone stole your identity, right? Where you go to your bank account and you're missing thousands of dollars. Well, these poor individuals, it's a helpless crime. You feel helpless. To know that your business is being looted and there's nothing you can do, that's your livelihood. And not only do you have to pay for all the stuff that was just taken and the windows that are broken and and the renovations, but you don't have money coming in to begin with because of what's going on. Yeah. So this is is just a, a, a circle of just... Not just physical yes. violence but, but 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 nonsense and stealing from one another. This is not the American. There's way, no excuse, then.
0: There's no excuse. Okay, another yeah, zero uh, excuse. Another question. Even and just though,
3: imagine these disorders, how they feel, sick to their stomach, that they're they're helpless. There's nothing they can do.
0: Um this one came in for you, but also uh, Carl could probably relate. It's uh, Kate Kennedy, Kate D. Kennedy. She's asking um, many Americans feel the militarization of police is real, and this is why we're seeing an excessive force being used. What are your ideas, Joseph, about this sentiment?
3: Well, it is known, and it's not a secret that policing and police foundations are uh, what, is, what is the word? They're paramilitary, so they go off of what the military created the uh, the rank structure the going after I guess law and order because that's what you have to do. You know, you're not gonna see the military go out there and start shaking hands and, you know, taking photos and community policing, which we do. And I get it. We're in the neighborhoods, you know, that that's a little bit different. You need to have people on your side. But policing we're not firemen. You know, my grandfather always told me, if you want to be a hero, become a fireman because our job we have the power to take away someone's rights, to lock somebody up. We also are put in extreme situations where you're expected to either take a life or save a life in a matter of seconds. And other than the military, right? And yes, firemen have, have, you know, a sense kind of sort of, but other than the military, there's no other career that that you go out there and say, you know what, I might not come home today. You know, I might have somebody try to snipe me out from, you know, hundreds of yards away. Or I might walk onto a, a grenade that I don't see or my Humvee may be a target. You know, just like police, you're walking down, you have a uniform on, there's no hiding. Someone throws a brick off the roof. You don't have to be shot. You know, someone's throwing Mazel cocktails now. So police officers are there to stop the violence, you know, and sometimes you have to meet it with force. Now, people call police officers when they feel helpless, when there's no one else to turn to. It's never good. When a cop gets called to a scene, it's never good. (laughs) You know, just like our military. When they go into a war zone, they're not going there to throw a birthday party. You know, they're going there to correct the situation. And we've gotten to this point and to this era where, oh, let's just, you know, peace, love and harmony, almost like Woodstock, except the other side is the ones igniting the violence. (laughs) They want to do the violence and say anything that they want, but they don't want anything put in their way. It's almost like being a bully and I'm picking on you, Kathy. And then you punch me in the face, but I start crying and say, how dare you? That's, that's the world that we live in right now.
2: Well, the other thing too is like you talked about the militarization, Kevin. Oh.
3: It, you, like, wh- well,
2: what that was a
0: question expect? sent in. That was a question yeah. sent in. What do you
2: expect when when this is how our cops are being treated? They're going. They're literally going to. And Joe, how long has the M4 been
3: in the arsenal of the police force? Thirty years. It, it, it has, but only certain people are qualified to carry and be able to use it. So we we aren't like uh, the military, where everyone's handed you know high high power you know weapons and stuff like that. The average person's not. Nine- millimeter but unless you're a specialized unit like esu srg not all of us are carrying that
0: what does that mean I, you know, but wait but like, what does that mean no. you guys are talking so, what's m4 yeah, so
2: basically like the m4 is the standard issue military weapon for soldiers overseas m4 m16 somewhere in that ballpark though it's the scary black rifle for liberals thank you it carries 30 round magazines okay that big scary and,
0: thing okay
2: yeah exactly so and it has you know any variation of attachments to it or something like that, but it's it shoots a 22 caliber bullet going 2,700 feet per second, so roughly three times the speed of sound. So it's not like an exceptionally powerful rifle, but it is very effective for engaging multiple targets, which is why it is used by the military. But the cops have been carrying it almost as long as the military have. Certain cops have, and so when we talk about the militarization, I want to dial that back because. The, the 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 cops have not literally been militarized. They have ordered armor peer, uh, armor vehicles. They have ordered certain uh, new technologies that allow them to see things like drones things like that. But the militarization is is a complete misnomer because you have cops that have always had armor uh, up armored vehicles in in their thing. They just get a new shiny one, and it makes the front page because it costs a million dollars. So yeah. they're they're not. There's not this like rush to militarize our police. officers They have just developed with the times and the technology. The 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 same basis of police policing is community, and they have the, the you know the same rank structure, the same guns they've always had, things like that. So I when people say oh their police are militarized, no, they just got another Your
0: connection's awful, Carl. What? <laughs> Your connection's awful. Are you there? You, you just you cut out a little bit. Oh. So I, Joseph, do you agree, is... though? But Joseph, do you agree with what Carl's saying?
3: I do, because people try to compare us to the military, and we're the furthest thing from it. It's not... It's like apple and oranges, and, and in the sense of rank structure, and yes, having weapons and having armor, yes. But it's it's not comparable, and for a lot of people, it's just because they don't know it's just the easiest
0: thing to compare. Well, for this situation it was interesting because it, uh, the question did come in cuz they, they thought of Carl when they were looking at these images on TV. They thought of you, but they thought of Carl. Like is Carl watching is this what Carl sees overseas? Is it yeah. has is this a war zone? Like is this really a, it's war, zone? a war zone? It, it really yes it it so it is I mean it it, it really is there's no sugar
3: cord like this is an exaggeration it is really really bad out there really like I'm not in my 14 year career it's probably the most dangerous type of society that I've had to be a part of it's not <laughs> We're not going out there making things up. It is that bad. People are not leaving their houses to take their kids out because they're afraid that protesters are going to surround their cars and they're going to be put in a situation that they don't know how they're going to get out of. That's What kind of world are we living in? That's the point where we bring in the state police, we bring in local police, and we bring in the National Guard, and we set the tone. And the second someone steps out of line, we bring it back. America was built on laws and rules and ideologies, right? Hard work. It wasn't let me cry and let me get everything and let me go out there and just take advantage of the system and let me just beat people up. Let me just burn the cities down when I don't get my way. This isn't how we were founded. And we talk about all the time, well, we don't, you know, but individuals and activists. So we've come so far. Have we? How, when we really think about have we really come that far? No, we haven't. You know, it's 2020, and, and, and the second something happens, we go back 40, 50 years. We go right back to where we started. That's not progress. That's taking one step forward and 30 steps back. That's like being in football, and every time you run the ball, someone's you know got a, a holding call, a flag's called, and you start over the 50 yard line, and you're back at the one on your own. You know that that's what we're doing to ourselves. You know, we, we have to stop making things up and put the fantasy that, you know, that the stories that people are putting out, so many of it is false and it's leading to such a terrible way of living.
0: Okay, wait, and here's one. Here's a, a final question, which is actually, I, I don't know, I think it's a pretty good one. This was at G, a, 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 I'm sorry, at John T. Williams, too. He asked you, um, what are, this is, I, I I don't know, I think it's like the simplest but best question. What are officers trained to do when suspects are complaining that they're in pain, can't breathe, are about to pass out. What are actually, what's the procedure? What was, what so, was supposed so to happen? personally
3: in New York City, so the thing that people need to understand is procedures we have in New York City are different than Florida, different than Minnesota. Something they may be able to do, we can't. But coming from my experience, I can't speak on anyone else's, right? On mine, the second that you, I always was taught, and it was beaten to my head, that the second someone's handcuffed, and if they're belly down, You get them to their stomach right away. You try to stand them up, and you bring them to a police car. Now, there are situations, and I've been part of them, where you try doing that, and people are still kicking and screaming. People are trying to spit on you. People are throwing themselves on the ground. When there's multiple police officers there, it's easy just to carry someone and put them in. Worst case, you stand behind them, and you just hold them straight. So if they try spitting or biting, at least it's forward and not towards your direction. You know, every situation is different. But the main goal is the quicker that you can get handcuffs on somebody and stand them up and get them off of their stomach, the better it is. Get them back to the precinct. If we can, Everyone can calm down, and you can start the arrest process. Because on top of having to worry about the individual in front of you, crowds form. Now your back is storage them, so now that causes a security issue for yourself. So a lot of people will start coming close to you. A lot of people may try to attack you or push you or grab the person that you're trying to place under arrest. They may start throwing things in your direction. They can come up and stab you. They can pull out a gun. Anything can happen. So I was always taught the safety of the person that you're putting the handcuffs on, get the multigram as quick as possible and get them out of there.
0: So what the heck? I mean, so so how do you have a... Chris Rock had a joke like uh, police forces can't have bad apples the same way you can't have a bad apple as a pilot of a plane. The, you know, oops, it crashed, bad apple. You can't have a, a bad apple like this guy. Uh, there's no excuse no, and, and, and for the riots. What,
3: and we've seen, though, he, the right away, you know, whether it was too fast or whether it was perfect, depending on someone's you know, opinion, the individuals were fired immediately, Right. Within 72 hours, the main individual in the video was arrested. So it's not like it was just, hey, guys, we let him go and just say, you're, you know, you were a cop at one point, so we're going to wash it off. That's not the case. You know, justice has been – justice is on the road to, to getting to where people want it to be. He was locked up. Now, you know, there's a whole proceeding that has to go and charges and proving them, and that's a whole different story. You know, that's, that's the legal system and judges. That's out of the police officer's hands at that point. But it's being done you know it, it's it's he, he was fired and arrested the question is
0: how much more do people want done right i mean so so where do we where there's, we... No,
3: there's nothing there's no answer there's there's you know people can run their mouths and cry and scream it was done <laughs> the person was arrested. you know there's nothing more to do there's, yeah. there's nothing there's nothing more and this whole community policing that people talk about it is amazing right we need to interact with one another But the truth is that the people that are coming to interact with these neighborhood policing officers, community policing officers, they're the people that already are giving us the benefit of the doubt. They're already the people that want to see change in their communities. It's not the drug dealers and the burglars and people committing crimes that are coming and meeting us. neighborhood policing, you know, it's great. You're able to give the narrative that, yes, our neighborhoods are safe. But the people that we need to get off the streets or... or, Kind of get to and to change are not the ones meeting us halfway and putting their hands out, and and unfortunately
0: that's the truth. Carl, Carl. Yeah,
3: I mean, yeah. I
2: mean, well, I, I I agree. I think that the problem is that you know they're, they're, look you have black on black crime every single day in places like Chicago, but yet there's no protests or something. You know the, the the funny thing was is back I remember back during the Trayvon Martin thing. There was a kid named Delrich Miller. Either you guys have heard of him. <gasps> Um, I remember hearing of him, but I don't know so much about it. No. On the same day, Delridge Miller was gunned down. He was, uh, gunned down in, uh, he was a kid, um, in Detroit. Okay. The same day, black on black crime. He was a seven, eight year old kid and he was gunned down. There was no protests. There was nothing. It was just that it, he, he, he was killed. And there was nothing else beyond that, and that's the type of thing. It's like selective outrage, and when you have that, it devalues the cause. Look, there's no doubt that this is a tragedy, and that cop was, was rightfully put in jail. And then, like, I my, my my heart goes out to you cops out there because look, there are bad apples, and. You know what? You can't weed them all out, but you certainly got this guy weeded out right now. I mean, it's, it, this is a, the the problem is they've looked for a reason, a systemic problem. And I love the thing I've been going back and forth with Twitter. Oh, there's systemic racism. Show me one example of systemic racism anywhere right now, and we can have that conversation. But if you just say, "Oh, it just is," and because there's no proof that it's not, that it must be is, and it's out there in the ether, that is just garbage to me. This is this is just showboating by this by group that are well organized that just want to create discord it's crap.
0: Okay, well um can, okay so can we all agree on at least one thing the journalists are out there too and uh, you know one lost her eye they've been shot at they've been arrested we're talking Fox CNN we're talking every everybody all across the board. Uh Trump's uh tweeting fake news fake news fake news. Okay, right now the three of us we are not fake news. Uh, Joseph's out there seeing all of this Carl's uh, seen it overseas Um, uh, I'm not giving any opinion whatsoever so we gotta have the journalists out there covering all aspects because I saw cell phone video of um, a guy ramming into protesters you know and, and the protesters complaining Of course, but then two seconds later, this was in Tallahassee, the police arrested the guy that ran over the protesters, yanked him out of that truck and handcuffed him. The police came to the rescue of the protesters and that whole footage was not shown and had a journalist been there to cover that entire thing, that would have been a beautiful thing because the police were there and they kept the peace of a horrible situation so, uh, well, that's the
3: funny thing, too, is these protesters want to cause hell, but then when something, you know, doesn't go right, they call the police and they expect them to help them. So it's such, it's such a messed up cycle. Right. The people trying to hurt us are the same people that would call 911, you know, when, when they feel helpless. It's just, it, it's crazy. It, it's absolutely not.
2: And you know, yeah, I
0: said, I, I, I love I Blue really Life Matters.
2: journalists being in these types of things. Like, look, you're, you're electing to put yourself in this thing. like. It's one more person that it is another variable for police officers to have to deal with. Like, oh, there's press over here. We got to deal with this, and we got to deal with that. How many times has press written the story wrong? How many times has press only gotten a selective angle of something? They got the whole Trayvon Martin thing. They got the whole uh, Michael Brown thing wrong. They get all those things wrong. So you know what? Like, look, if press, you want to be there, you get no sympathy.
0: For hey, me. look, bad. there's bad apples, Carl. Lost- Carl, there's what? bad apples in everything but if you've got a reporter that's really willing, willing to risk their life and tell the true story they, the story also has to be told you you, you can't just have someone with the phone okay. so you can't have I'll John like cusack there. on his bicycle like to go
2: there but you don't like you're not getting any sympathy from me I'm not calling you courageous for jumping in there and reporting this stuff i don't I think that's garbage. I'm not telling you to call us...
0: Well, don't call journalists courageous, but you can't also say fake when they're out there and they're showing the reality that the cops pulled someone out of the car and arrested. They're showing the whole story, which needed to be shown. I mean it's like yeah I, I
3: think that people doing their jobs properly they, they shouldn't have to worry about being attacked there's you know if they're going out there they have a job just like anyone else they shouldn't be targets just because they have a, a microphone you know and, and that doesn't give the right to, you know to somebody else to go out there and just beat them up and I've seen yeah, it too, the, the people getting harassed, you know, on Fox, on CNN, the people out there like trying to interview, but my opinion too is I can tell right off the bat that the person they're interviewing probably isn't an upstanding citizen, they're going to cause havoc, but nonetheless, they shouldn't be haggled, they shouldn't be getting pushed to the ground, they shouldn't be trampled on, you know, there's there's no excuse for that, but that also goes back to show that these people out there don't give a crap, they don't care who it is, they're just going to, you know, cause destruction and chaos and fear either way, and, and it's bad. You know, no, no one trying to do their job should, should be put in a situation where they feel like they're they're endangered.
0: Thank you, Joseph. See, Carl. He doesn't want me beaten up out there.
3: No, I, I you, you scratch that, and this is what I, I like do. But name. I do understand I where <laughs> he came
2: from. <laughs> I
0: know. I understand him too. I never
2: said I wanted any journalist to get
0: beat up. I okay? know. So that is that is my
2: problem right now. Okay, my problem is when you stick yourself out there, you tell the story, and then you become the story, and then you play victim. Crap. Don't, don't play that game with me. That is
3: BS. Right. And he is right, though, on the other side with Trayvon Martin and uh, Michael Brown. Those were complete. Uh, those narratives, it was so wrong what they did. You know, you would think that Michael Brown was this angel. And meanwhile, on video, to this day, you know, I mean, people try justifying it. He goes to a store and pretty much bullies the the store worker and pushes him and robs stuff. And then he's beaten up a police officer, endangering his life. And, you know, he's been caught on video in pictures, holding firearms up, illegal firearms. Now, don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, someone loses their life. It's a tragedy. But what led to the person getting in that situation to put themselves there that even led to that even happening? You know, with the whole Trayvon Martin with, with the hood over his head, that wasn't even a police officer. And they tried making it seem like every police officer was bad. And it was George Zimmerman. That was a yep. night night watch person. You know, who we have Freddie Gray. That was another situation in, in Baltimore where they locked up. And they were... You know, many of them were were minority officers. I think it was eight of them that they drug through the mud and make some kind of crazy story up that never happened. And two, three years later, they were all acquitted because they found out that the story wasn't correct. So it's just that's the one thing that the people out there, if they are risking their lives to do the story. If they could just do it wholeheartedly and correctly and not try to sway anyone, that's when journalism is at its best. When they go out there and they try making a narrative that isn't true, when they start fabricating, that's what leads to more violence and more rage, and it, it, that that's when it becomes not good.
0: Yeah, I just don't. I don't. I don't think the division's good at all, though. I don't think that we should have any division right now. I think. I, I don't know. What yep. do you think? I, I'm not. I'm not out there tonight. About to work tonight alongside you. What do you? What's gonna? I don't. I don't want to be a third world nation, like Carl was saying.
3: I don't. you're, I don't, gonna, you're probably gonna see for the next couple of nights, if not weeks, the same stuff that we've been seeing every night, and that's not me being dim. That's just the reality of it. Um, you know, until until the officers start fighting back with the force that's being presented against them and feeling like they can do their job this is going to continue to happen when you spray paint the side of one of the most hallowed grounds in saint patrick's cathedral you just cross the line and prove to the world that it has nothing to do with an individual that lost his life in minnesota so we need as a nation as a law enforcement profession even as the military that may be coming in Realize what we're dealing with and who we're dealing with, and a false narrative that this is justice. This isn't. This isn't about justice. You know, it's it's way beyond that.
0: Carl, what do you think? Military going in and and what do you what do you think? Are we going to be a third world nation?
2: We'll never be a third world nation, but at the same time, we can't allow this to happen. And, and, and if we if we allow it to happen, we will be a third world nation. So I think Joe's are absolutely right. We have to go in there respond with appropriate force and these people will understand
0: that, like look, how's your connection like, so bad what how's your connection so bad on your phone i don't
2: know why my connection
0: so bad see now it's better uh, it's when i yell at you it's like we should be yeah. married during these conversations if i yell at you like a nagging yeah. wife your phone gets better yeah
2: exactly uh, Look, you
0: have
2: to respond with equal force. Like, when we're over – these people are acting like terrorists. They're not acting like criminals. They're acting like actual terrorists. You know, you deal with terrorists, you put them in their place. You detain them. If they don't want to – if they continue to resist, if they are threatening your life, unfortunately, it's going to have to be met with equal force. And that sucks that we have to do that here in America, but until we do, until we realize that – we're gonna battle.
0: But he can't, but but they can't, right? Joseph, you can't, your hands are tied. What do you mean? You can't, you can't, you can't do what Carl did overseas here. You can't. It's,
3: it's not that you can't, it's just that police officers feel so restricted. I was watching the news yesterday, how CCRB, they're a group that goes after cops and tries getting them in trouble, right? During this whole thing where you see people terrorizing the cities and fighting with cops, they're coming down saying, well, you know, with video, we're going to start going after police officers. This isn't the time to do that. You don't need an officer to second guess themselves when their life is in danger. That's completely wrong. You don't do that. You let cops be cops. Now, if a cop just goes over to someone holding a sign that's chanting and just kicks the crap out of them, that's a different story. But that's not what's happening. You know, listen, there's a comes a point where, yes, you stand there, you let somebody scream in your face. Is it right? Absolutely not. The second it gets aggressive, just like Carl said, you have to meet it with the same amount of force to stop it and end it, because otherwise you're going to make everyone else's job so much harder. And until these so-called protesters realize that, wow, these police officers are not playing and I don't want to get my butt whooped today and I don't want to end up in the hospital or in jail or whatever the case may be, it's gonna continue and you have to set the tone. You know, when we were younger our parents set the tone. We knew what we could get away with and what we couldn't. It's the same way in the street. You have to act the same way.
0: And what uh what's gonna what's gonna make the happen? What's gonna make this stop you think? Do you think uh, it's gonna be words from uh the White House or, or... In in
3: their in their mind listen, words are great. Having leaders go out there and say, Guys, thank you so much and Yeah, that's awesome. That's good for morale. But physically in the street, they're not standing next to you. How's this going to stop?
0: How's this going to stop?
3: It's going to stop when these people realize that they can't get away with it anymore. That's the only way it's going to stop. Because it's already been proven that the person who caused all this is arrested and is off the street. So we've gotten past the point where this isn't about justice because we already have the guy. This is about terrorizing. They think... 4.30 4.30 in the morning, they were going through Chelsea, smashing windows with bats and pipes. That's not me getting secondhand source. That was me working. That was me seeing it firsthand. There were helicopters following these people all throughout the city at 4.30 in the morning doing this. There's no there's no need for that. But then they run away like little children when the police confront them. If they're so tough, right, and, and they think that they're better than or they're fearless, why not stand there? Because they know they're doing something wrong. So the police officers have to nip it in the bud. Every night that passes, the second they see a group, the second they get a little bit out of hand, everyone gets placed under arrest. Everyone goes and they get taken off the street. Taking them off the street is going to stop bad things from happening. Keeping them on the street is going to empower them.
0: So you think that this is going to happen? This is all going to end city by city, everyone working alone city by city, every police force alone on this one?
3: If they bring the National Guard for help or the State Police, but you're not going to see, you know, Detroit cops coming to New York City to help us out. You know, where every city is going to have to handle their own situation on their own.
0: My God. Okay, Carl. Uh, what do you What do you say? What was your What's your prediction on it ending? Carl, well,
3: I think uh,
2: unfortunately, Joe's right. I think we're going to see this until I think they just going to fade. I mean, it's going to fade away, and then we're going to go back to. You know whatever the the flavor of the day is, whatever the media happens to be outraged with at, at any given point. Um, but I think we're going to have another week or two of this, and I think unfortunately
0: a week or two people are going
2: to get killed. And yeah, I think I think unfortunately, I mean look historically, that's how long these things go on for. So we have we'll have a week or two of this. More businesses will be destroyed. More people get hurt. Unfortunately, hope not, but some people will get them. I mean, this is this is uh, you know war zones.
0: Um, yeah, so, all right, so it's scary. I guess, uh, I didn't think of it as in terms of weeks. I didn't, I didn't think it'd go past the day. Is, is that stupid? I really thought it was going to be Minneapolis. Um, it was going to be a morning in Minneapolis and that was it. I don't well, think... I think
3: that's what everyone hoped for. I really think that in the back of their head, they said, you know, hopefully this stays contained, but... Like I said earlier, these people that are going into these cities, they don't live there. They're they're professional agitators, and they're being bussed in from other places to cause havoc all around this nation. Now, if we didn't have that, I think it would have just been in Minneapolis, and they would have called it a day. But unfortunately, there's people out there that, that live for this. They genuinely live for opportunities like this.
0: Mm. All right. What do you want us to do then? So um, Carl, I can, uh, Carl can drive over and give us uh, a pep talk every day, but what what can we seriously do? Like I don't people listening. People are listening from all over, even to in Alaska they're listening. What uh support the
2: fuzz, man. Support your local cops. They're going through hell right now.
0: Yeah, right. What and stay home, Joseph, and just uh I don't know I
3: I would honestly just be careful. You know, anyone going out there, no matter where you live, these people are ruthless. They don't care that you're walking with your kid or with your dog or whether you're thirty or sixty years old that's not their agenda. It's just a strike of fear in the hearts of anyone possible. And a lot of people aren't going to want to use it in politicians, but like Carl said, this is the definition of domestic terrorism. This is no different than if someone came out <coughs> and started an active shooter and, and tried terrorizing a school. This is domestic terrorism. And the amount of damage that each of these groups are causing is going to take years to regroup um, in these neighborhoods. And it's a shame. And, uh, at the end of the day, yes, support your police officers, but be safe. Have an open mind and realize we we can't support people going out and doing this. You can't go on social media and, oh, it's justified. It's not. There's no justification. Would you tell your kid that it's okay to go out there and rob stores, take candy bars every time that he's, he or she's at a register? It's okay just to go and start beating up people just because they don't get their way? We wouldn't, wouldn't teach our kids that way, so why is it okay for
0: adults to act that way? It's not. Oh my gosh! I just thought about it. New York's not open, is it? New York's technically not open for business. Correct. So the what? So the you can't enforce social distancing. Isn't that what was supposed to be happening right if now? That's
3: out the window, Kathy. We're gonna we're gonna see and call. You're gonna agree 100. percent This whole COVID thing is gonna just vanish into thin air, because if that was so true about how highly contagious this disease was, you would see emergency admissions go through the roof with the thousands of people that are going out there in droves and it's not going to happen.
0: Wow, and what if it does? Like all the protesters uh, pass away from coronavirus. It's like a novel. This would be like a Stephen King novel at the end of the day.
3: So that that would be probably the righteous justice for all these individuals, but unfortunately it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, so no more uh, the masks and the social distancing after um, a few weeks of this
3: it's not gonna happen it it, you know it's funny because i believe the mayor of new york city comes out and says you know we want your protest but just be smart and keep your social distance come on guy you know did let, he let's really? reality here They even come out yes he did to come out there and say something like that is just completely asinine that goes to show the leadership and why we are in the state that we're in you know with all these states right now
0: okay i'll leave you i'll leave you at this Tubby, you and carl tell me uh, i know um cuomo you know there's a uh, You know, don't tell me what you think about him. But what do you think about what he said this yesterday? The violence obscures the righteousness of the message.
3: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah, right. I thought that was pretty profound. I think they're his own words. I think they're his own words. It
3: absolutely is. But the problem is these politicians is they want to come out and be a leader when it suits them fit. And they want to cause damage every other time. The bottom line is we need to get people nationwide in these positions, no matter what side of the aisle they're on, they're actually going to do things for the right reasons and not for their own political gain, because it goes to show that years of having these people that are clueless in these positions have led to the United States almost self-destructing. And anyone with half a brain can realize that this is a problem, and we can correct it, but get the right people in there. Stop playing the game. Stop making excuses. Get off your ass. Go vote and get the right people in there that are going to make sure that this does not happen ever again.
0: And are you working today?
3: I'm going to be there every night, yep.
0: Are you serious? What time do you go in?
3: Yep. I'm doing the overnights, so pretty much when it's starting to get bad, I'm going to be there.
0: Oh, my God. I wish you wouldn't. No. I wish you... You sound really sick. It sounds like you have a fever. You should probably stay home.
3: No, it's not sick. It's just, you know, when, when you... No, can't. I just my, want my, you to my, call my in. My heart is so sad that I have to, I'm going to be honest. The other night... When it started getting really bad, I had my two-year-old son laying next to me and I'm rubbing his head and I started getting tears in my eyes because this isn't the world that I wanted to bring my son into, to have to worry that one day my son's going to be hurt or that he has to think that it's okay because young children are influenced. Listen, you can, you can have your kids grow up being amazing children and they go away to college and suddenly they're influenced and they're pulled into the wrong side, whether it's drugs or whether it's going out there like with these mobs. and. To have to know that my son is living in an era where people think this is okay. People are spending their sending their kids kids to school, Ivy League schools, thirty five, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year to have their kids run around the streets and cause hell. My heart aches. I, I didn't sign up to you know become a police officer to worry that you know I'm going to have a family and tell them, hey, you know, listen, you sign up for it just like the military. You know what the risks are. But it hurts when it feels like everyone is against you and you're the only beacon of light. You're doing what's right. And uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm honestly just sad. I'm sad in the state that this nation's in, um, you know, but yeah, we do things. You join the military, you go into politics, uh, law enforcement for the right reasons to make a difference. And no matter, you know, what you see or what you feel or your political beliefs or whatever, when you put that uniform on, it goes out the window. You just do what's right.
0: Well, 100% of us on this phone call, um, are with you, uh, um, and Carl's, uh, Carl's the dad, and, uh, I know he'd probably go to New York and kick some ass tonight, if he could. Would love to. <laughs> but, um, but, okay, I wish you didn't have to go in. I wish you could call in sick for the next two weeks. So, I, uh, I
3: wish, but, you know, th- thank you guys, you know, this was a great conversation, I really appreciate it, and, uh hopefully we can start getting the station
0: back on track no thank you so much i mean i i I, thank you so much for just taking time out today because everyone has questions and uh i don't believe anything i read or really see um and i'm a journalist so i i like knowing straight from the person out there who's seeing it because i don't i don't believe it unless you know i hear it from someone who's out there so i appreciate it thank you and then uh carl's perspective is just um I don't, you know, I've never seen what Carl's seen. And I I didn't know how he could relate to it happening over here. And if it's a scary in his world. Is it, is Carl's it scary for you to see here?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's disheartening more than scary. But, um, yeah, I, I just, it is not what I fought overseas for, to come home
0: to. That's, that's sad. That's like the saddest thing I've heard today. Um, all right. Be safe. Guys, everyone, be safe. Uh, be safe, Joseph. And I'm gonna check in with you every every day. Um, Thank you very
3: much. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon.
0: Like a nagging wife. Okay, love you guys.
3: Right. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. Okay. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed that. Um, enjoyed. I hope you had a blast. Uh, that's the wrong word. Okay. I just um hope that was informative. That was a lot of questions I got from Twitter. Uh, uh gathered up, sent in, and that was Carl Higby. And that was Joseph Imperatrice, um, head of Blue Life Matters, NYC. And um, I'll put their information on my Twitter page, which is at Aru Kathy, A-R-E-U-C-A-T-H-Y, at Aru Kathy. And uh, yeah, everyone be safe out there. And um, whether you agree or disagree on what uh, the the fellows had to say, um, or I had to say, uh, it's all just straight from the horse's mouth. So it's it's for you to form your opinion during uh, a time when our, our world seems a little upside down. Um, OK, so see you next week for a regular liberal Sherpa podcast time and um, look for Catalina on Pressreader. But we can talk about that later. Bye.